Hello and welcome to Peculiar Youth Connect. My name is Tanura Osa. So, the recording that I have for you today is a little bit longer than the usual recording. This is about almost an hour, but it's important that I want you to listen to this. This is based on single and godly. Is it possible to be godly and single in this generation that we live in? Um, I have a special guest um, on this recording. Uh, her name is Daria White. Um, she's a friend of mine and she's a follower of Jesus Christ and she's an author. So I want you to listen in and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And this um, recording, this this podcast will be available on streaming platforms and also available on the Peculiar Assembly app, which you can download on Google Play and Apple Store. So without further, further ado, I hope this blesses you. Thank you for listening and God bless. Tanuru Osa. I am the youth pastor at Peculiar Assembly of Saints National Church. Um, I want to join you for this um, special recording. Um, I have my friend here, um, Daria White. She's an author. She's a follower of Jesus Christ. And we're going to be talking about something that is is important, especially during this time. Um, basically, the, the, the title of this, I titled The Single and Godly with a question mark. We're going to be talking, going into this in in more detail. But before we get started and before we get talking in this, we just want to invite the Holy Spirit and let him take over because at the end, at the, end of the day, this is his platform mm-hmm. and anything that we're going to say or do is going to glorify him. So Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity to be able to be a blessing to your people. Lord, I pray that we do not speak out of our own authority, out of our own wisdom, but Lord, I pray that you speak through us. And the Lord, I pray that anyone that is going to listen to this, whether right now, whether in, in next week or two weeks from now or a month or even a year from now, Lord, I pray that you minister to them the only way that you know how to minister to. So, Lord, I I even use, I pray for the devices that we're using to connect. Lord, I pray that it will go smoothly. There will not be any technical hiccups. Mm. Lord, I thank you even for my friend Daria that is here. Lord, I pray that you speak through her. And Lord, we pray, Lord God, Father, that your name be glorified above all. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. So, um, so yeah, single and godly. Uh, so how am I going to start this off? So I, be- I guess basically, Daria, question I want to ask is, is it possible to be godly and single? Or is that just a myth? Is that just something that we tell ourselves? But, you know, I mean, we just have to be honest and keep it real. Like, is, what do you think? Is it possible to be single and godly? How, how can someone live a godly life while being single? Well, one, um, I think the key is to um, really make sure that your relationship with Jesus Christ is strong. Mm-hmm. So even though someone may not be married as of yet, that does not mean that your life is on hold. Mm-hmm. A lot of singles have that misconstrued thinking, well, you know, when I get married, I can do this. Or when I get married, things will be different here. Singleness is a gift just like marriage is. But I think we bought into the myth, really, that singleness is a disease or singleness is a curse or people look down on us because we're not married. But God can use you right where you are as a single person. Paul is a great example of that. And he even said, I wish that y'all would, would uh, remain as me. But <laughs> if it's a desire for you, go ahead, get married but it's not a requirement for you to make an impact for the kingdom. So it is possible. I just think there needs to be a a process where we renew our minds about it 
because we bought into what culture says. And some of it may have been said in our families, you know, holidays are coming up. So it's like, are you still single? When are you going to get married? You know, mm-hmm. What's going on? And everybody's asking questions like, wait a, wait a second, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. So it is possible. But first and foremost, you need to make sure that your relationship with God comes first and the mm-hmm. rest will follow from there. So that's my take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's that's really important. The the because I think I wrote down here on my notes is like, you know, um, one of the the commandments. I think Jesus was 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 responding to one of the Pharisees that asked him a question. He's like, you know, what is a great, what is a great commandment of the law? And in Matthew twenty two verse thirty seven, I want to make sure that I read it so I'm not I'm not misquoting here. It says, Jesus answered him, and said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I wrote down in my notes that any relationship, any relationship of of any sort, the bedrock needs to be, first of all, God. When we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, then we're able to love our neighbor as ourselves. Right. So... Once we have that relationship with God, then we're able to be to be to be godly because it's a love relationship. It's not about rules and regulation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, do you love God with all of your heart? Do you love God with all of your soul? Do you love Him with all of your mind? And to be honest with you, that's not something that we can do on our own strength. Right. We we need to depend on Him to be able to love Him the way He wants us to love love Him. So. I think you're really right what you said about that. Then the, your relationship with Christ is the most important and everything is going to stem from that. So you cannot cut off that part and think that you can remain godly. It's become a bunch of rules and regulations and you become a hypocrite because in your heart, you'll be lusting after things that you shouldn't be lusting after while on the, while, while you be, while, while you're, you'll be taking pride in your self-righteousness. I haven't done this. I haven't said that, but in your heart of hearts, you're, you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. So we have to understand that God is more interested in our heart first because that's who we really are. And if our hearts are pure, then pure actions will flow out of that. Hmm. I agree. And I actually wrote this down uh, myself, how healthy you are in your singleness mm-hmm. gives you a preview of how healthy you'll be if you get married. <laughs> so this season is crucial. And if marriage is a desire for you, great. But how healthy you are right now as a single is going to determine how you'll be in marriage. So if you're not in the word now as a single, what makes you think that's going to change when you get married? Mm-hmm. If you're petty now, that's not going to change. You're going to be yeah. petty in marriage. <laughs> if you got a bad attitude now, that's not going to change. I do. Yeah. Saying I do is not some magic spell where everything you were as a single automatically changes when you get married. So I really think that God gives us the time that we have in this season to grow, (laughs) Uh to grow. So yeah, you want to be as healthy as you can be. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, but it does mean that you'll be whole. But even with wholeness, again, it doesn't mean perfection. It just means that you know where you are, you know what God has called you to do. And should he bring someone into your life, now you can determine, okay, with where God is taking me, are you a suitable partner for this? Uh Because if this person is not on the same page with you, if you find yourself compromising or slowing down just to be with them, then that's a no-go. Yeah. So a lot of us make that mistake, but take this time to grow your relationship with God and not only grow in 
in Christ heal. This is also a good time to heal. If you're still going through things from your past, from past relationships, if there's still trauma that's still affecting you that happened in your childhood, God is using this time for you to heal. Because if you're trying to get into a relationship and there's some wounds that are still there, all you're going to do is bleed out on people. I remember listening to a sermon that was talking about that and how God closed up the place of Adam's flesh before he brought mm-hmm. Eve. Mm-hmm. So that, so I take that as what are some wounds that God wants to heal first and foremost before he brings somebody else into the picture? Because yeah, the last I, thing you're going to do is be codependent on this person to heal you when God first and foremost is your healer. But, but go ahead. I, you got a point. No, I, I, no I, think, I think that's really good because you're talking about healing, right? And mm-hmm. Proverbs, Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your, your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. And this is even key in verse 23 of Proverbs chapter 4. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So if you're, if you're not healed from a previous relationship and you're not p- given attention to the word of God, which is like mm-hmm. medicine to your bones, which is medicine to your flesh, mm-hmm. which is medicine to you, if you're not giving attention to that, then just like, you know, you can, if you're not healed, you can bleed onto someone else. You go into the next relationship with the same issues, with the same things, because you have not been healed. So yep. I think it's very, it's very important to make sure that you give attention to the word, especially even as you're single. The only way you can be godly is by the word of God. You cannot right. be godly in your own strength. You cannot be godly in your own might. You can, if you're going to be godly, you have to feast your eyes on the word of God. What it says, you have to obey. You have to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And hear me, you can't do that on your own strength. You can only do that by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Right. That's how you do it. So it's not about, oh, I'm perfect now. I haven't done anything. No, it's about a love relationship. At the end of the day, if you've left your first love, which is Jesus, go back to him. And one of the ways we go back to our first love is by feasting on the word of God. So you have to guard your heart. So if you're if you're single and you want to live a godly life, this is not the time to be watching certain movies. This is not the time to be listening, listening to certain things, yeah. listening to certain type of music. Mm-hmm. Talking about how you're lonely in the music, how you just need like a man, how you just need like a woman. If that's what you listen to 24-7, it's going to feed that appetite for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So whatever you feast on, I mean, I think it's the saying, you, you are what you eat. Yep. If you if your diet is on burgers and, is on burgers and, and, and french fries and, and McDonald's 24-7, you are what you eat. That's what's going to, that's, that's the output that people are going to see in your life. If your if your diet is is a healthy diet and and it's a balanced diet, then that's what's gonna that's what people are gonna see in your life. So it's also in the spirit. So if your if your diet is the word of God, and you put it into practice, that's what's gonna keep you from stumbling. But if your diet is listening to all types of music, listening to watching certain things, and then you're wondering why you're struggling with lust, well, what are you listening to and what are you watching? You know, but. That's just something that I I just wanted to share that. Mm, No, that's good. And see, that can, if we're not careful, that can get into legalism. But the thing is, know you, okay? So for some people, music may not be a problem. But for others, it may be. So the thing is, know you. If you know that watching this or listening to something is going to, like you said, raise that appetite, 
then you need to make those personal boundaries for yourself. And you don't have to apologize for it. People miss like, oh, okay, like you're just going too far. It's not that serious, but it's serious for you. You're like, look, I'm trying to honor God. I'm trying to stay focused. And this is going to distract me. This is going to throw me off course. And if I'm really serious about being godly, then I don't need to put myself in a situation that's going to make me compromise. It's going to make me want to backslide. Because the thing that the enemy uses now, especially in this season of singleness, is discouragement. He mm-hmm. wants you so tired. He wants you so weary. He wants you so fed up with it that you'll end up settling. Because you're like, I'm doing all this. Nothing's happening. Haven't I been faithful, God? You know, why haven't you blessed me here? And he wants to, so the enemy wants to wear you out with that. He wants you so tired, again, to where you'll find yourself questioning, like, well, maybe I am, you know, being too much. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm, you know, making too big of a deal of, of this thing, but you have to do it for you as you follow the word of God and you see what he's convicting you on. Again, it, it's going to look different for everybody. What may convict me may not convict someone else, but mm-hmm. the key is, are you following God with that? Because the last thing you want to do is settle because settling, I wrote this down, settling is dangerous because yeah. you risk suffocating what God has given you just mm-hmm. to say, you know, I got this or I have this, but you're suffocating the person that God is calling you to be because you're trying to be something that you're not. So stay in his word, stay in his presence, stay in prayer. Even when you get distracted, fight to focus. <laughs> fight <laughs> to focus. Seriously. So yeah, I, th- I think it's it's so it's so important to talk about settling because a lot of times when we're we're believing God for something, the enemy is always going to come come with like a a, 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 a um, counterfeit to what yeah. it is you're believing God for. So it's like, you know, this is what you've been waiting for. And the enemy says, here, this is this this opportunity. Because even you look at Jesus when he was in the wilderness, you know, and he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. And then the first thing that the enemy comes and says, you know what, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. So he mm-hmm. knew that Jesus had a desire. And what's he trying to He's trying to meet that desire through temporal means. So. Right. Yes, you're you're believing. I can guarantee you. The moment you decide, you know what, I'm going to live a godly life unto unto the Lord. That's when all types of temptation will come come your way, because the Bible even says that those who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. It's going to come. Mm. So that persecution is going to come because you desire to live godly. So as you desire to honor God, as you desire to please him, that's when all types of temptation will come. That's when all types of requests, all of a sudden you're getting texts from people you haven't heard from. All of a sudden mm. people that you haven't spoken in a long time are trying to call your phone. All of a sudden you're, yep. you're going down one place and you're seeing all types of lust going on in front of you. Why? Because you're desiring to live godly. And then the enemy, he wants to short circuit that. I mean, yep. one of my favorite characters is Joseph. And you look at his life. You look at his life, and when he's in the house of Potiphar, he's doing everything well. That's when Potiphar's wife gets the hots for him, and she begins to try and seduce him every single time. And every time he'll go to work, there was seduction going on every single time. And it got to the point where it got so bad. He had to make a decision. Either I'm going to stay here and hold on to my garment, or I'm going to flee. Hmm. And some, for some of you, you have to make a decision. Either I'm going to remain godly to godly to Christ or I'm or, or, or I'm going to try and hold on to this relationship because I like this person so much for some of you you're gonna to have to end some relationships mm-hmm. it's 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 unfortunate but some of you are gonna to have to end some relationship because this relationship is compromising your walk with God 
And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is your walk with God. That is the most important thing. If you choose to serve God faithfully, God will bring people that are God that 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 will that will bring godliness into your life. That will feed that part of your life. Right. But you also have to understand you have to make a, a strong decision. You know what? I like this person, but maybe you can't be as close to me as as you used to. So you need discernment to know who God has brought in. Because I heard someone say this, and I'm going to switch over to you after this. When God wants to bless you, He sends someone. When the devil wants to curse you, He sends someone. So you need discernment to be able to tell the difference between who is from God and who is from the devil. So you need discernment to be able to say, okay, and the only way you get discernment is by his word. So if you're not in his word, how can you tell who is from God and who is not from God? Because God's will for your life, for all of you that are going to be listening, God's will for your life is to abstain from sexual immorality. You want to know the will of God for your life? Or go, you, People pray, what's God's will? What's God's will? Abstain from sexual immorality. That means he's not talking about practicing safe sex. Mm. He's talking about abstaining from sexual immorality. Yep. Anyway, but I feel like I'm going to open up a can of worms, but you go ahead <laughs> from that. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm about to say may do it anyway, so here we go. But I wrote this down. If the person you're dating or in a relationship with has no relationship with God whatsoever, then get out. Mm. Because their lack of relationship with God is going to threaten yours because you're not equally yoked. And even if they claim to be Christian, if there's no fruit, then no, because if they're not faithful to God, there's no way they're going to be faithful to you mm -hmm. because they don't have a standard. So if there's no standard, then they're basically, you know, for lack of a better example, they're just chasing after the wind and you're going to find yourself running up behind them trying to keep up because you want the relationship to last. Yeah. So even if, again, they are Christian, that doesn't mean that they're following God's word. People say Christian all the time, but there's no fruit. They're carnal or they're saying one thing and they're doing something behind closed doors. You know, people can say hallelujah in the church all day long, but then they do something different on Monday. Some do something different by the time service ends on Sunday. <laughs> So is there consistency in this person's life? And it takes time. It takes time to evaluate that because weeds and wheat look the same mm -hmm. in the beginning stages. But as time passes, I heard this in a sermon too, as time passes and you see the growth, you'll be able to tell. But the problem is we're in a rush. We're in a rush. We think, you know, what, well, this is my last chance. I'm getting older. You know, what if this is it? And I don't want to, you know, be alone. And I get that. I hear, I hear the heart. I never want to dismiss somebody that may be listening in and saying, well, you don't know how old I am or you know how long I've waited or you don't understand, you know. Yeah, I know the struggle is real out here. OK, let's just be real. <laughs> Dating is totally different now than how it was even 20 years ago. I get that. But we have to understand. I wrote this down, too, that the pain of waiting is nothing compared to the pain of regret. Mm -hmm. Regret comes regret comes with recovery. And recovery can delay what God may have sent to you before, but you didn't wait. So let's say you decide to put the cart before the horse and you get into a relationship and you know it's not from God and you end up getting your heart broken. Now, what God would have blessed you with had you waited, now God has taken more time to repair your heart and restore you because now you're in recovery. 
and recovery, you need time to heal. So if you have to choose between the pain of waiting versus the pain of regret, at least with waiting, you can stand on his promises and know like, okay, my God is a good father. He's a giver of good gifts. And in due time, he will bless this area, especially if it is a true desire of your heart. Because that's another thing. We, we got to check motives. We got to check motives. And, and if your heart is not in the right place and you're trying to put this thing before God, then no, he has to come in first place all day, every day. It, so this just takes discipline. It takes yeah. discipline. It's so true that you talk about waiting. Um because when you look at the story of, of uh, Hagar and Ishmael um, and what happened that in that whole scenario about Sarah and Abraham, them being in the land and they'd be waiting all this time. And it's Genesis 16 and it says, now Sarah, Ab Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. That's a reality. No children, right? And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, <laughs> see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children, please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, and the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, so he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her, in, in her eyes. So they had dwelt 20, 10 years in that land, no kids whatsoever. Hmm. And you can imagine the wait that's been going on. She's waiting for this thing, you know, no kids whatsoever. And she has this Egyptian maidservant. You yep. know what? I can actually bring this promise of God by my own hand. And that's the thing. Some of you have been waiting for so long for a spouse, for anything like that. And you're getting desperate. And now you're now going to, you're not saying, you know what? Instead of waiting for a person that's a godly person, I'm going to go out there in the world and meet whoever I want to meet. You're not trying to fulfill God's promise in your life by your own strength. You mm. notice over there, when she had her maid, she said, train me from having children. So instead of focusing on the Lord, her focus was not how her pain, what she's going through. You see, mm. when you're waiting on God, you never focus on, oh, look at how long I'm waiting. Your focus is on him, on the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength because they're looking to Jesus. Right. See, in order for you to be godly and to be and, and 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 being single and God at the same time, your focus cannot be on oh look at what's going on with me. Your focus is on Him. Keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus Christ. You keep your eyes fixed on Him, and because Sarah she she started focusing on oh I don't have any kids, so she gave Hagar to a Abraham, and his job was was very very hard, you know, very tough tough job, because all he had to do was just heed the voice of his wife, <laughs> and he went into her. And then she conceived just like that. So now you can imagine she now feels guilt and anger because she feels all this time for 10 years. And one time he goes into Hagar and she's pregnant. So now Hagar now becomes mm. despised in her eyes. So that's the thing. If you, if you think, you know what, I just want what I want right now and you don't want to wait, what's going to happen is that when you finally get that thing that you wanted to get and you've done it outside of God's will, outside of God's, God's process, you now begin to hate the very thing that you've been waiting for. So for those of you that are thinking, for example, you know, I, 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 I've been a virgin. I don't want to wait any more. I just want to do it. I just want to get it over and get it done with. Be mm -hmm. careful with yourself. God's will. And you have sex outside of marriage before his time. What's going to happen is that regret and shame is going to come into your life. 
So I don't want that to be your portion. And if you have done that already, God is faithful not to forgive you. Right. But some things he does for, for our own protection. So waiting on God, we waiting on, while you're single, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. He is your source. He is your strength. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's right. what keeps you waiting. That's what keeps you in joy. That's what keeps you in peace because your mind is fixed on him. And like I read the scripture I read in the beginning of Matthew 28, 22, 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. So when the enemy is trying to attack your mind with all these thoughts, your mind is fixed on Jesus Christ and he gives you peace. So I just wanted to add that in there because when you brought about that, we know how to wait on God. And I know it's kind of it's hard right now because we live in a generation that everything is is by the apps. You have an app for this, you have an app for that. You, yeah, everything. Yeah. If I'm hungry right now, I can get an app and can order food by DoorDash, by Uber Eats, and it comes straight through me. So I don't really have to wait on anything. Mm. But you know, good things come to those that some things they they need to be waited. I mean, if you want the food that is prepared well is going to take time to cook is going to take time to simmer everything has to be done in a waiting season so when you mention waiting that just that just stirred something in me yeah and that was actually one of my points um to waiting mm -hmm. um and that sounds so cliche like okay i'm gonna wait on god but you're not just waiting and standing idle that's the thing. So we're not talking about you just sitting in your house waiting for God to have your spouse knock on the front door. Okay. You know, this is an active waiting. So another point that I do want to mention a couple um, that I have one is take this time for you. I mean, we're so focused, some of us on a relationship that we don't even know who we are. So mm -hmm. yeah, focus on your relationship with God, but spend time with you. Like when was the last time that you did something for you? Enjoy this season. Enjoy the season. Don't compare it to anybody else's. And yeah, you can get caught up in what you're seeing when people post on Facebook and someone else got engaged, someone else got married, someone else had a kid. But my thing is God is writing your story. So don't get caught up in what is happening with other people. Take this time out for you. If that means taking yourself out, take yourself out, okay? Whether that's going to the movies by yourself, taking yourself to go get something to eat. If you're going to a new place in your city that you've never been before, you know, take time out, get to know you because that's who you're going to be bringing should you get into a relationship in the future. And if you don't know what you're bringing to the table, then why should this person be with you and you don't even know who you are? Mm -hmm. So take this time. That's probably something that I never really understood until now because just for anybody else, maybe like, okay, like I've been doing that and nothing's happening. I don't know why it hasn't happened God's timing is not our timing. I honestly thought that I was going to be married coming right out of high school. I honestly thought that I was dating this guy and I thought, surely, Lord, surely. But it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And now that I look back on it, I can honestly say, you know what, God, thank you so much because he and I were not on the same page. So God knows how to protect you from, from what's not good for you. So it may feel like, okay, like I'm doing all this stuff and nothing's happened. You have no idea what God is doing behind the curtain. Just because you don't see him working, that doesn't mean he's not working. Because he always is looking out for us. Every single time. There is not a time that he hasn't come through for me. And 
I'm not going to say, you know, that I'm his favorite. No, all of us are his children. Okay. <laughs> so he will always, always come through for his children. If you claim that Jesus Christ is the son of God and you believe in his son, that he died and he rose, you are his son, you are his daughter. So he will always come through for you. And just because God is, it, it looks as if God has blessed somebody else. That's not a reason for you to get jealous or envious. And I'll be the first to admit, yeah, I've done it. When I used to see engagement posts, I'd be like, mm. but you know what? I'm like, God changed my attitude, changed my attitude. Yeah. I'm happy for this person. I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy for this person. I don't want that in my heart. I don't. So now when I see them, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a, like, I'm gushing over these engagement stories. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see, you know, that there are still kingdom relationships out here. But until my time comes, why not be happy for those that God has already blessed? But spend time with you, spend time with you and enjoy this season. Because when you do get married, I mean, one season ends and another begins. So use this time wisely and enjoy it. You know, it's 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 interesting when you talk about um, purifying motives and everything like that. I want to read the scripture. This is in James 4. And it says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So I want to stop right there. So mm -hmm. Wayne talks about like purifying motives. Sometimes the reason why we're waiting so long, I don't know. This might be for you, might not be for you, but I'm just saying for me, sometimes the reason why I wait so long because you're, the reason you're asking for something is because your motives are impure. Mm. Marriage is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a good thing. But the question you need to ask yourself is why is it that you want to get married? Do you want to get married because you want to have like a partner that you and that partner can glorify God that you guys can 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 can, can have the same purpose in, 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 in the Lord? Or are you asking to get married because you just want to like stunt on your haters on, on Instagram and you can and you can yeah. put hashtag highly blessed and highly favored and you can put put that Instagram like that shows you with your ring and has so many likes. Hashtag relationship goals. Is that the reason is that the reason? Are you are you do you want to get married because you're looking at your age? I'm thinking I'm getting a certain age now, I need to be married now, so that you know, mm -hmm. finally people can finally stop asking these questions every holiday, every Christmas time, every if they can stop is that the reason? you're getting what's your motive behind that because you mm -hmm. see man looks at the outward appearance but god sees your heart and god is more interested in your heart than what it is you necessarily you do so at the end of the day you have to ask ask the hard questions god search my heart there's a scripture that i remember i prayed one time and it's like it's think it's psalm 139 it's like search me and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting I think sometimes we're afraid to pray prayers like that because when we pray those kind of prayers, things start to come out of our life, certain junks. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I, you know, growing up, um, when someone was coming to the house and it's like, you know, you need to clean your room. And for me, cleaning the room was like, okay, I'll make the bed and then anything that needs to be, needs to be cleaned, I'll sweep it under, under, under the bed. Just sweep, sweep it under. So it looks clean, but uh -huh. it's still stuff under the bed. And for some of us, for some of us in our Christian walk, that's how it is. We look clean, but there's still stuff, junk that we hide because we don't want anybody to see it. Wow. But God is like, I see that. I see that junk. I see that mess. Why don't you give it to me? I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to be perfect when you get into marriage. No. But a question I ask you is, what is your motive? Mm -hmm. Why do you want to get married? 
marriage is a good thing. It's a blessing. I think the scripture says, he who finds a wife obtains favor from the Lord. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that kind of favor. But the question I got to ask myself is why? Why do you want that? What's your heart motive? So I think these are things that you take to the Holy Spirit and you ask him and you seek him and give your heart to the Lord. Ask him to search your heart. Because when I read that scripture in James, it says you ask, yet you do not have. And you ask him, it's because you, you ask him to spend it on your own pleasures. Hmm. So some of us, our pleasures are, are, is, is, you know, making our haters look, look, look bad. Some of us, that's our pleasure. So we want to get married so that we can finally like shut some people's mouths up. That's why you want to get married. So you're not you. So you're so you're preparing for 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 the you're preparing for the wedding, but you're not preparing for marriage. You're preparing yeah. for, for to have this this big event, this big thing, but you're not actually preparing for the marriage. So at the end of the day, being single and being godly, that's that take this time as a time where 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 God is refining you, where God is 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 removing impurities from your life, where where you're seeking Him, where you're where you're diligent about doing the will of God for your life. And the truth of the matter is, as you're serving God, as you're looking at God, God knows how to bring someone into your life. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of the matter is, when is God, it's, you, you will know. There are certain things, when is God, you will know. You will know when it's of God and you know when it's of the flesh. For some of you, you see, you've seen someone and you're so desperate, the person pays you a little bit of attention. You throw out all caution, of the, caution to the wind. You don't do, you do your due diligence and you just jump head right into this relationship. And then you're wondering why it's not working out well because you didn't actually stop and ask the Lord, Lord, should I be involved in this relationship? Hmm. You see, David was a man after God's own heart because David always inquired of the Lord. He always said, Lord, should I pursue or should I not? He always inquired. So it's so sweet to be for us, even as Christians. Someone is interested in us, Lord, should I get involved in this or should I not get involved in this? He's your father. He wants to hear your voice. So that's just something that I just wanted to, to share because it's like when you talked about motives and when you talked about all these things, I think it's very important because at the end of the day, God sees our heart. I could give the right answers, but God sees my heart, knows whether I'm, what I'm saying is genuine or whether what I'm saying is, is just, uh, it's just good talk for people to hear. <laughs> yep. I agree. And I, um, this is from first Corinthians seven. 32 through 36. This is the English standard version. But the married Uh man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly towards his betrothed, if his passions are strong and it has to be, let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. It is no sin. So I take that as Paul means like, look, when you're married, when you're in a relationship, your attention is divided. That's an automatic given. Mm -hmm. But at least with a godly spouse, if you two are on the same page, then It'll be that ironing, that that iron sharpening iron. It'll be, you know, they're walking with you in this. They love God just as much as you do. But still, your attention is divided as opposed to how you are when you're single. And when, when Paul talks about undivided devotion to the Lord, I wrote this point down. And some may not want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. God's kingdom agenda 
God's kingdom agenda should be more important than you getting married. So I'm saying it again. Mm -hmm. God's kingdom agenda, God's will, God's plan should be more important to you than you getting married. And that doesn't mean that it's not for you. So we're not here saying, you know, marriage is not for you. For those that desire to be married, I do believe that in God's timing, he will fulfill that desire especially if your motives are pure. If you allow God to check your heart and you know your motives are pure, then good. But at the end of the day, you want to push his will. You want to push his agenda. I think the prayer that should be prayed is, Lord, whatever your will for my life is, then let it be. Not, God, I want this so bad. Please, I don't want to lose this. He should be more important. So again, it doesn't mean that Marriage um, isn't for you, but don't make it a number one priority in your life. God does care about these desires. If they, it, if this is something that you really want, God does care about that. But again, motives are important. And another question I think we all need to ask is maybe another one we may not want to, but if you don't get married, is God still good? Mm -hmm. If you don't, if, if everything you've ever prayed for, if, if, by some chance, God does not answer your prayer in this area. Can you still be godly and single? Because some of us are only being godly and single thinking, well, if I do this like this, God will bless me with a spouse. We're not being godly to get a spouse. We're being godly so that we can be a light in the earth. So yeah. that we can make God known to this lost world. So that we can be a witness to those who don't know Christ. So that we can be an example to the next generation. And yes, God is still putting kingdom relationships together so that they can raise righteous seed in the earth. So that the next generation can uh, be allied to their peers. So God is still connecting people. But the thing is, you want him to do the connecting. Not you out of desperation trying to make things work and try to fit a square peg into a round hole. But at the end of the day, it's his will first and our desires have to line up with his. And if you know that your desires are out of whack, then again, get back in the word of God and let God change my desires to where they fit yours. I know this is what I want, God, but I want to please you first. Yes, this is a desire of mine, God, but I want your will first. Yeah. Because he will give you the desires of your heart, but they have to line up with his desires. And just trust him through the process. I think it's so it's so it's so key what you're saying about at the end of the day, you know, will being done because when you're doing the will of God, God sees what it is that you're desiring from Him. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it comes down to to because even Adam, he brought the animals to Adam, and Adam named each and every one of them. That was God's will for Adam at that very point to name those animals, and whatever He named them. That was it. And even then, even though there was no one found suitable for Adam, God put Adam to sleep. And then when he woke up, God brought Eve to Adam. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to understand when we're doing the will of God, I think it's Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. The Gentiles mm -hmm. seek after all these things. But if you're doing God's will, God is not unjust. God is not unfaithful. But the question you need to ask yourself is, one, like you said, is God still good? If God never answers another prayer, if God never does anything for me, is God still good? Or are you being godly just because you're trying to get favor from God? Mm. You know, we have, to look at, we have to look at the prodigal son. We'll know the story of the prodigal son, but what about his older brother? 
His older brother was in the field doing all these things because he was working to get the fatted calf, not knowing that the fatted calf was just by virtue of relationship with his father. But he was trying to work for something that he already had. Hmm. So we also have to know one thing that first of all, God desires us to be godly, not because we're trying to get something from God, but because it allows us to have intimate relationship with him. Right. And out of that intimate relationship with him, then God, then we begin to birth things that we didn't even realize. Before Noah built any ark, before Noah did anything, he first walked with God. And when we walked with God, then God began to tell him about building the ark. God began to tell him the designs of how it's going to be. So at the end of the day, we, we're not godly because we're trying to get something from God. We're, first and foremost, God is good. And he has commanded us, a great commandment that Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. So because I, 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 I obey him, I follow him because I love him. Not because yeah. I'm trying to get something from him, but because I love him. He is first in my life. Yeah. So whether he answers my prayer, whether he doesn't answer my prayer, it's a love relationship. It's not a, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, what have you done for me lately kind of relationship. Mm. We don't get, we, we don't come into relationship with God seeking what we can get from him. We come into relationship with God because he is good first and foremost. And because and we love him because he first loved us. He loved us when we couldn't even love him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Right. While we were still sinners. So because we know of that, therefore we love him. So if he never answers another prayer, I love him. Now, listen to what I'm saying. God is faithful and he knows the desires of your heart. But the question you need to ask you is that, can you give him that Isaac? Can you lay that Isaac on the altar? Hmm. And still trusting that God is able to raise up that Isaac, even if it dies. Yep. Some of us, we have promises from God, but we hold on to the promise so much and that we don't even want to let it go to God. Hmm. So the question, so some of you are, you're single, you want to get married. Yes. And you believe this is God's, this, this is your desire. And yes, God wants you, God wants, wants, wants to give you that. But the question is, can you release that to on the altar, that Isaac in your life? Can you put it on the altar? Because when God required Isaac from Abraham, Abraham obeyed because by, by Abraham doing that, he was communicating to God one thing, that God, my own son. Hmm. So that's the thing. Do we love God more than we love even the things that we believe that he wants for us? Hmm. That's good. <laughs> that is so good. And it's so true because terms of that honestly shows that we're maturing in our faith. Yeah. Yeah, in and terms of I think yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah. But no, I'm just thinking in terms of how practically that can be done. I don't mm -hmm. think even if you are talking with someone or you're getting to know someone, I think it's not necessarily you telling this other person that hey, you know, whatever you know, this is it's God's will. Yeah, you can share as time passes, but I think practically, I think it's just you making up your mind between you and God. Like, okay, God, this is happening. It looks like there's you no know, has potential to be something, but this is yours. I'm taking my hands off of it. And if it comes to pass, like I would like for it to, then fine. But if not, Lord, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to keep following you. I'm going to keep pursuing my calling. I'm going to keep uh, doing what you've asked me to do. This is not going to devastate me. It may sting a little bit because like, okay, I thought that was it, but, but it didn't happen. 
but I will trust that if that didn't work out, you have something else because I trust you. When will we get to the point to where we trust God with relationships? It's interesting how we can trust God with finances. We can trust God with our jobs. But with this area of relationships, we think we got it. And we don't, okay? <laughs> Let's just be honest. We don't. This is an area where it's like, God, I need clarity. I need your guidance with this. And that doesn't mean we over-spiritualize it either. Yes, still enjoy the process of getting to know someone if you're you know, out there in the dating world. And, you're, and, and you are in the process of getting to know people. So I'm not saying you have to over-spiritualize, but still, you know, you want God's approval. You, you want God's hand to bless this relationship. And if, and, if, and if this person is not honoring God, the more you get to know them, then yeah, that's your clue. You don't need confirmation. You've seen the fruit. You've seen how they responded. You, you see how they're acting. You see how they're inconsistent with their walk. That's your sign right there. Get away. No, you can't change them. This is not missionary dating. <laughs> don't do that to yourself you're, you're, you're like you know what god you know i'm just gonna walk away i'm just gonna walk away and that would take me to this other point unless you want uh did you have something no 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 you know i think it's important about the missionary dating and you know even when you walk away from relationships that could be that could be devastating could be painful because you have to look at um at, at, at the prophet samuel you know he he loved king saul he anointed him and even when King Saul disobeyed God and, and God removed the kingdom from him, Saul was mourning for him three days. He didn't pour any oil into his horn. And even God got to the point, like, how long are you going to mourn for King Saul? Mm -hmm. So for some of you, you might have like had relationships that you had to walk away from because it was compromising your walk. And yeah, it may be, it may be tough, it may be painful, but you also have to re realize that first and foremost, that the most important thing, the most important relationship you have in your life is your relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So whatever is going to compromise that, whatever is going to to cause that to be second place or third place in your life, that thing has to go or that person has to go because it's about him first and everything else flows from there. So that's what I wanted to add. But yeah, go on. Okay. <laughs> I actually have, uh, I forgot this point. You're not, and, th and this is in terms of relationship, as we're walking in godliness in this single season, just remember for those that are listening, you're not waiting for someone to come along to love you. Jesus already does that. So you already have the love of God that's unconditional. He doesn't turn it off. He shows grace. He shows mercy. He gives correction. So for those that are thinking, I'm just waiting to be loved by someone, you're already loved. It reminds me of the song Gyra by Maverick City. You're already loved. You're already chosen. So the goal in terms of this waiting season, this single season, again, if marriage is a desire, because for some of us, it's not a desire, and that's fine. But for those of us, that desire is there. The goal is for you to wait for someone that's going to serve, support, and honor God with you in purpose. That's the point. So you're not, again, you're not waiting for someone to come along and love you so that, so that you can feel complete. You're already complete because you know who you are in Christ. But it's about mm -hmm. who is the person that's going to serve God with me, who's going to support me in my calling, and I support them in their calling, and we're honoring God together in purpose. So the romance of marriage is really a bonus or a benefit of it, but it's not the foundation. Yeah, we may have bought into the lie, you know, with all the romantic comedies and the books. And yeah, I love books like just <laughs> as much as anyone. I like the books, but that's that's a fantasy. That's fiction. 
So you want someone that's rooted in the word. The romance is just a benefit, but you want somebody that is going to kneel at the cross with you in a surrendered life. And y'all are both surrendered together. And y'all, again, are just making impact for the kingdom. But that puts me to my point of getting in godly community. Some of us may be still single because you haven't changed your environment. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for someone that's godly, again, one, are you godly? And then two, are you in godly community? So if that means getting involved in different groups, whether it's online or in person, in a safe manner, we know COVID's still out here, but you know, find that community where you can be in a space where these people are like-minded. And who knows, that may be a place to possibly meet someone. But again, don't go for that intention. I'm out here to go, you'll meet my spouse. No, you're just going to gather with other like-minded people that love Jesus just as much as you do. And if God highlights somebody, okay, God just highlighted somebody. Or if someone gets your attention, okay, you, you got someone's attention. But you're not out here to fix the problem of singleness, okay? You're fine. <laughs> you are fine. God knows where you are. Yeah. He has not forgotten you. You're good. Yeah, I think that's very important because um, you always have to make sure that at the end of the day, People don't complete you or people don't make you complete. It's God that it's God that completes you. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you don't make someone into like end all and be all of your life. Because if you live by man's by man's acceptance, you'll die by his rejection. So mm. if if you're living by by the yeah, approval of people and everything like that, when they reject you, that's gonna that's that's gonna that's gonna kill you. So at the end of the day, you have to understand, okay, that's why it's so important to get into the word of God and to know that first and foremost, God has, God loves you. God accepts you. And that if, if you, if and I'm just going to say this out here, if you're in sin, repent and God will forgive you. Yes. He's, he's faithful to forgive, but either way you first know that you live for the approval of him. And that's it. Once you live for the approval of him and once he's your everything, someone comes along into your life that God wants to bless you with. Yeah. Then both of you can grow together serving God. And the truth of the matter is, even even if you're if you're really going to love someone the way they're supposed to be loved, you first have to re receive God's love for yourself, and that also means sometimes telling telling people the truth when they might not want to hear it. You know, mm -hmm. because love is long, and 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 it's and it, and and love is is long suffering, but love also rejoices in the truth. So mm. take this time, you know, in your life whether you don't want to get married, anything like that, whatever it may be, take this time in your life, whatever season it may be, to ask God to search your heart and to do an inventory of your heart, to see where your heart is. So that way you are loving God and also you are loving your neighbor as yourself. You see, one deals with vertical, one deals with horizontal, and that's how it's supposed right. to be. So as a single, as as is it possible? I guess the question is: Is it possible to live godly in this life? Yes, it is, because first and foremost, God, Jesus has given us our, His grace. The grace mm -hmm. of God that appeared to all men is is available now. That and, and He teaches us to live a godly life, resisting loss. He teaches us that. So God's grace teaches us how to live. So we can do that by His grace, and that comes through faith. So I just want to encourage you to, if you're struggling with something, if you're if you're battling with something that you think, oh, this is not going in, I want you to feed more into the word of God. Cry out unto him. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, also with all of your soul. That deals with your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
Mm -hmm. So you pour out your heart, your soul to him and your mind. Renew your mind in the word of God. And God is faithful. So those of you that are desiring marriage, yes, I believe that God will will can answer your prayer and will answer your prayer. But also make sure that you yourself are, are obeying God and preparing yourself to be the right person for someone. Mm -hmm. Okay? That doesn't mean that you're perfect. But you're preparing yourself to be the right person for someone. And you will bring someone. But I want to encourage you just to wait upon them as you wait upon God. He himself will strengthen you. He himself will renew your strength. And go on living your life, you know. Don't, don't, yeah, go on living your life how God has called you to live your life. So that's what I have to share right now. I don't know if, Dari, if you have any other um, final points you want to um, share. The only thing that comes to mind uh, is really just take this time to, uh, again, grow your relationship with God, heal from anything that is still like um, a wound for you, because you, you really want to be the best version of yourself. You really do. You want to bring the best version of yourself to any to anything, really. But even in a relationship where that's uh, a vulnerable place, you want to bring the best version of yourself. So if that means on top of your relationship with God, you know, Christian counseling, a therapist, a mentor, do what you need to do to heal. And again, pray for godly community. God will show you the places that you need to be. And again, just to just enjoy, because you never know, as you're stepping out of your comfort zone to meet new people, to get out there, you never know how God may just, you know, surprise you. And it'll be so unexpected. And then you'll know, okay, that's why it didn't work out with my ex. <laughs> that's why nothing came of that last relationship, because God was preparing me for this moment right here. But again, even if it doesn't happen, he's still good. And again, if this is something, you know, where you're like, okay, a relationship is not my thing. I don't want to get married. That is fine too. That means God has your undivided attention and you can make impact for the kingdom with just you and Jesus. That is totally, totally fine. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. But I do encourage those that feel like this waiting season won't end. Trust the waiting season does end, but trust your heavenly father. He knows and even when you don't see it, he's working on your behalf. Hey. So that's all I got. Amen. Thank you very much for that, Daria. Um, so, yeah, um, I would just, even at this time, because I know it's almost like an hour that we've been talking, but I would just like for you to um, just pray for those that are in this season of their life, either they're single or anyone that the Lord brings to your heart that, that are waiting for God, for them that God will strengthen them or will... That, that they will keep their eyes focused on him. And for those that are struggling with any form of addiction, they pray that God will break those addiction off their life. So I just wanted to pray for that even as we, as we wrap this up. Okay. Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for those that were listening live. Thank you, Lord, for those that will listen later. Again, if it's a, a few days from now or 20 years from now. But Lord, I thank you for this conversation because the enemy, Lord, has hit relationships so hard, and there's so much confusion going around in dating. And I just pray, Lord God, that we would seek you first and foremost for clarity, that we won't look to culture, but that we will look to your word. So I pray, Lord, that we would just focus on our relationship with you. Heal us, Father, from any wounds that have hurt us, past relationships, or even things that happened in our childhood, Lord God. I just pray by your Holy Spirit that you would do a mighty work and that you would wash, that you would heal, that you would cleanse. And I pray, Lord, that our motives are pure. And I pray that 
as we are walking this walk, Lord God, we will not get distracted. It is possible to be single and enjoy it. It is possible to be godly in a world, Lord, that doesn't care about the Bible. And we live in a world, Lord, where they really don't regard you. They dismiss you. They don't, they don't even want to hear the name Jesus. But Lord, we as believers, we want our lives to reflect Jesus more than anything. So for every man, for every woman listening, Lord, I pray for those that may be struggling in this waiting season, that they will remember that you are a promise keeper and that you always come through. And if this is a true, pure desire of their hearts, Lord God, that in your timing, that you will fulfill it, that we won't get discouraged, that we won't end up settling, but that we will hold on to you first and foremost, because you complete us. Marriage, yes, is a gift, but singleness is a gift too. And for anyone, Lord, that is struggling with addictions, that is falling into unhealthy patterns, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that they would get to a point where they say, God, enough is enough. I don't want to be bound to this anymore. I don't want this to have a hold on me anymore. So whatever I have to do to get free, then I'm going to get free. And your word is stronger, Lord, than any addiction. Your word is stronger, Lord, than any bondage. And we bring everything into the captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Every thought that told us we were nothing, every thought that said, well, this is all there is. I might as well just give up. No, Lord, you have so many plans for us, so many things in store for us, God. And I pray that in this time where everything is so, it just feels like we're just in this place of uncertainty, God, but your word has always stood the test of time. Your word is true. Your word is life. Your word is the very breath that we breathe, Lord God. So I pray that we would stay close to you. We would keep our eyes focused on the cross. And should you bring a relationship into our lives, fine. But even if you don't, you're still good. Even if you don't, Lord God, we still want your will to be done in our lives. Not our will, Lord, but yours be done. And sometimes, Lord, that's difficult to say, but we put this thing on the altar, Lord God, because we love you more than the gifts. We love the giver more than the gift. Yes, the gift is beautiful. Yes, the gift is precious. But Lord, we love the giver more. So I pray that we would continue to seek your face, not your hand. Yes, thank you for blessings. Yes, thank you for the provision. But Lord, we want intimacy. We want, to, you, we want you to be our number one. We want to be fully known by you. You already know us, Lord, but I pray that we would just get even more, get even more intentional with our relationship with you, that we would come to a place, Lord, that we're so sensitive that we know your voice, that we know what's you and what's not you, Lord God, that we would just be drenched, completely soaked in your word, Lord, so that even when the enemy comes with his lies, they won't stick. They won't have a hold as they used to. Yes, he's still going to come. He may come at a different angle. He may come with the same situation but a different face or a different name but it won't stick Lord because we've been in your presence so we have this bounce back ability that we may bend but we don't break Lord God yes we're still human we're still going to feel emotions but Lord we still know the truth and we hold fast to it so it's not about our feelings but we stick with what we know is truth and the truth is Jesus Christ you are the way the truth and the life so I thank you continue to bless this podcast with Taniru Lord continue to expand his uh, ministry, Lord God. And as you bring people to listen, I pray that first and foremost, that they will give their lives to you so that they can be a part of the kingdom family. And we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. May we continue to proclaim your name in the earth in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much for that, Daria. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, I know this has been like, um, special kind of podcast because I know it's over an hour, but um, I believe it's it's worth it. I believe it's it's good to listen to. So those of you are going to listen to this, share this with your friends, with your family. 
Um, so again, thank you for listening and until further um, time. I was about to until further notice. Um, <laughs> until next time, um, God bless you all and have a good day. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Wow. So thank you for listening and thank you for listening to Peculiar Youth Connect. Um, I know this has been, this was a long episode. Well, this is a longer than usual episode, I should say. So thank you for listening. Um, Share this with your friends, with your family, anyone that you know that is going through any type of season or any type of period of your life. Um, Anytime you share the word of God, anytime you share things that speak of God, you're also being a messenger. So I want to thank you again for listening. Um, Stay tuned for more episodes like this. Again, my name is Tunuru Osa, and have a good good day, have a good weekend, wherever, wherever you may be. And God bless and thank you. Bye.